0: Hello, out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. (laughs) Stomping Tom Connors, Canadian legend from PEI, I I think. Good guy. Good shit. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the 88 Sats radio channel. The daily Bitcoin journey actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and for future Bitcoiners. Johnny's in the house. Good morning, Johnny. Happy Friday to all. I got some Baileys in the coffee this morning. Because why not? <clears throat> it's Friday. Usually, usually just drink the, the coffee black without any cream. So it's a double treat. Some cream and some liquor cream. Might as well get the Friday going now. Yo from Manitoba. Love that. I'm not sure how many people are watching from the area, from Manitoba, even Canada. <clears throat> I sometimes take a look at the, uh, the metrics in YouTube just to see what's going on. And it seems like the majority are from North America, Canada, US, mostly US I think. And then South Korea is coming in hot at three. Got Australia in there. If you feel like sharing, uh, by all means, either in the live chat or in the comments after, let me know where you're watching from. It's pretty interesting to me. Bitcoin is a global asset. We got a global crowd. And it's just just a good time, Good good time to be in Bitcoin. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, actually, is we're in a very unique spot right now. And we have to be fairly prepared for what's coming as as best that we can anyways and so we got a couple things mostly just questions honestly there's going to be some solutions there i guess but just some questions and it's always good to ask yourself questions make sure that for whatever's coming you're going to be ready for it and i feel like most people right now are not from montreal i think i knew that rock roll we got a couple shout outs today but let's first get to the mempool, and then we'll do some shout-outs. Where is the mempool? Uh, there we go. Okay. Cheers, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome, YouTube. Welcome, Rumble. And anybody listening or watching after. That's pretty damn good. Okay, we are at block height, eight two eight five six four. If you're transacting on the Layer 1 Bitcoin network this morning, you're getting a pretty good deal. 33 sats per V-byte. The last couple have been 35, 30, 42, and 33. So on average, about average. I did see this morning when I was up, though, that the fees were pretty high. There's a small little spike. But that's okay. As uh, As Odell mentioned on the rabbit hole recap yesterday. I'm not sure if everybody had a chance to watch that yet or not. It's pretty entertaining. He was in quite the, quite the mood yesterday. I always, I always get a kick out of Marty when Odell's being a little, uh, <laughs> uh, it's hard to explain. But anyways, he was talking about how efficient the fees are right now and how it's never been this way before. And I think it's a pretty good indication of kind of where we're at right now in Bitcoin, even though the price hasn't moved a whole lot, say this all the time on the show, but the price is completely irrelevant at this point in terms of US dollars, in terms of our fiat dollars, the price of Bitcoin right now is absolutely irrelevant for many reasons. But things like this, the the consistent fee, the efficient fees, the hash rate, all of these are very strong signals for, for Bitcoin. So we're in a pretty good place right now the metrics this morning price has jumped a little bit even though it's completely irrelevant as i just said still good to talk about it see where we are at and uh look back a couple of years so today's price 43,130 usd one year ago about half of that 23,468 usd and 4 years ago you could have purchased one bitcoin for 9,000 Three hundred and fifty-seven dollars, Moscow time today. In the U.S., you can get one one U.S. dollar will get you twenty-three hundred twenty-one Sats. Here in Canada, it is beautiful. Give you a little sneak peek here. Had a pretty pretty fortunate winter here. Un, uncharacteristic of Manitoba to be this nice, as I'm sure Sachi can can attest to. The price today is $57,597 Canadian Monopoly dollars. Moose Jaw Time, which is the equivalent of Moscow Time in Canada, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. One Canadian dollar, one loonie will get you 1736 sats. So that's what we got today. Good comment in the chat already here today. A huge reason I'm 100% all in Bitcoin, bank tellers. And what is the reason for needing this amount of money today? I've talked about it before and I don't love shitting on banks to be honest with you. Oh, this thing's pretty close here. What's going on? It's too close to my face. I don't love shitting on banks because My dad worked in the bank for 40 years. And so they serve their purpose. They're still serving their purpose. We still use them for what we need. There are a few people in Bitcoin who are talking about being completely out of the dollar system. There's a really good interview. I think it was from earlier this week with Jack Jack Maulers on it. And he was talking about how he's completely withdrawn himself from the fiat world. He pays in credit. He holds Bitcoin. And I'm guessing, I never got to that part of the interview, but I'm guessing he just sells some Bitcoin as needed to pay off his credit card and never actually holds any dollars. So he's holding credit and he's holding Bitcoin and he's paying off his debts with Bitcoin. Pretty interesting strategy. I think there's going to be a lot more people who are moving towards that model in the next couple of years. And that's a perfect example of that. Like I said, I don't love shitting on banks too much because they still have a very big purpose in this world. We are still very much in debt for the most part. Um, but the one thing I will say about the banks is that their customer service has been absolutely atrocious in the last, since COVID. You go into a bank, I, I tried depositing like $200 US. I think I had it left over from a trip. And I was there for like half an hour. They were asking for every piece of information that they could possibly pry out of me. Just to, to deposit $200 into my bank account. So that's the beauty of Bitcoin is that you don't need anybody's permission to spend it or receive it. Okay, so some shout outs today. Let's get the list up here. Two shout outs. One from a guy in the chat today, Rock Roll, I saw a nice little zap come in on the wallet of Satoshi. And so I will not say the amount, but I will say the comment. Keep the fire coming, Jorah, from Rock Roll. My guy. Love that. Uh, I think as this as things kind of progress here, I, I do think that it's kind of a u- unique spot here in, in the sense that there are going to be people in this, little community here from the show. And I think that as it evolves, it's gonna to start to form a little bit of a network here. And so I do think that we're gonna be able to use things like Zaps, like sending on the Lightning Network because he sent some value there, some Bitcoin, and he attached a message to it, which I think is pretty cool. And I think it's gonna be a part of the future in terms of uh, getting word out there. So if you have a business, if you have a message to, to send, if you're having a meetup somewhere, they do this on uh RHR as well. I'm a little bit behind, a little more old school, but if you do have any announcements or you want something read out on the show live, um, just send a, send some sats of any amount and we'll read it on the show. I just think that's a, a cool thing to do and, uh, valuable, I think for, for the amount it's worth, I think it's, you know, send a thousand sats for. Five cents of your dollars, and get your message out there. If you got a business, if you got something that you want people to know about, I think it's a pretty unique way to do it. <laughs> Always one comment in here. You can deposit two hundred into my bank account, and I won't ask any questions. If I had two hundred bucks, I probably would. I'm more on the side of holding Bitcoin as well, not fully, but trying to be. Morning, Adam. And good morning to everybody out there. What a morning it is. So that's one shout-out. Rock roll. And if you do have any messages, that's one way to do it. My Wald of Satoshi address is always going to be in the description here. So even if you don't have a message and you feel like sending some love, it's there for you. Definitely don't feel like you have to though. And the next one here, we had a comment yesterday. We had we were talking about questions. From okay, let me move this over a bit. So on yesterday's QA show, we were talking about running a node, and we had a we had a question about turning off the node. If if your if your Bitcoin node happened to go down, are you gonna be okay? How long can it how long can it be down without any significant problems happening? So one of the comments yesterday from the show was from Marinate 305. I love reading random internet names. So they said, your node will catch up if it is offline for any time, similar to spinning up a new node. You need to catch up to the 800,000 800, blocks. If you turn off your computer for a day, you'll need to catch up for the last 144 blocks that aren't synced. So we said a good, or they said a good example is if you take 144 pictures, you haven't backed up to your iCloud yet, and you can't see pictures on any other device, but once it's synced with the iCloud, you can see all the 144 pictures you took a week ago on your iPad or on your iPhone. Same with the blocks on the chain. So he's basically saying that it will sync up, it just takes some time for those uh, for the blocks to catch up to, to where you're at today. So it sounds like there's a lot of mixed messages I saw from online in terms of any damages there or issues having to reconnect. So it sounds like that's the worst case is you'll actually just have to reconfigure it and reconnect to the Bitcoin network. But I also wanted to highlight one other thing. I said, my reply was great, in, great info here, thank you. If this was on Noster, I'd send you a zap for that information. And they said, I'll look into it more. I watched the tutorial video on Noster. Really just attempting to like, comment, and subscribe to get this channel some exposure. It is underrated. So I would say that's the highest compliment you can give somebody, is that they're underrated. The channel is underrated. So I appreciate that very much for the comment and for the update on the Bitcoin node. All right. Let's get to the business here. Um, I've, I've kind of been sharing a few quotes that I've come across. I don't I don't want to make this a weekly or a daily thing. It's just kind of when I see something that's of interest to me and I think, you know, useful to others, I want to share it. So this is a quote I saw somewhere yesterday and it's from Socrates. And the quote says, Strong minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events and weak minds discuss people. And I think that's pretty accurate from my experience in life anyways. If you have the people who are gossiping and their, their conversations mostly just revolve around other people and them trying not to be cynical and, and hard on them, but that's what it ends up being. So strong minds I think are the ones who are discussing ideas. And that's kind of what we're, this channel is all about and you know as we as we progress here i think that aside from the bitcoin part we're gonna have some business stuff we're gonna have some just thought provoking thought experiments because that's kind of the idea here this is a whole new system it's a whole new world that we're going into and i think in order to fully leave the the old system behind you have to have an open mind and you have to start thinking about things it's not telling you how to think it's just asking questions to to open up that conversation. So that's a quote today from Socrates. Socrates would have loved Noster, I think. That's what Noster reminds me of, honestly. The strong minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and weak minds discuss people. And you can you kind of tailor that to different social platforms and how they all work. But if you're looking for some ideas and some knowledge, I think that Noster is by far the best place that you can spend your time right now. So the title of today's show is, Are You Ready for What's Coming? And what I mean by that is 2024, I think, is going to be a significant year. We have no idea what's going to happen. I I feel like there is something that's going to happen. It feels like it's building up right now. Every election year, there's always some sort of catastrophic event that happens in the world. And if you look it up, I wasn't really aware of this until what happened in 2020. But throughout that, of course, when something happens, there are people who have been on to this for a while. And there's people who live, who've been living kind of a conspiracy minded uh, life for the last 30 years. And I can't imagine how difficult that would have been for them. But every time something happens, they're the ones who are explaining things to people. And so last time during 2020, I saw a tweet of every major event that happened and it's every four years. So 2024, I think, is going to be no different. And I think that with everything happening in the US with the elections, I think there's going to be some shit, maybe. Not for sure, but I think it's it's just much better to be prepared for it. And and if it doesn't happen, then you did what you had to do and you're probably going to be better off anyways. So today we're going to be talking about Socrates. No, golf tees maybe, but Socrates would have been uh, a Nostr user for sure. I think all philosophers would have been. Good morning, Rick, and thanks for the the shout out there. Make sure to, to press the like, very easy to do, free to do and helps, I think. So basically what we're gonna talk about today is, I got four kind of categories here and I wanna, it is February, we're kind of still in the dead of winter here, especially in Manitoba. And I think that we should be using this time before summer comes to prepare for this next year. So typically every four years in Bitcoin, we have the halving cycle and after the halving, that's kind of when things start going crazy in terms of price, Bitcoin price. And it happens very fast, it, it always does. It has anyways, I can't speak for the future, but it has, it happens very fast. And if you've ever been a part of a, a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency bull run, it is insane. And you, you can't really explain it. You can't put it into words until you actually go through one of those cycles. And so what we want to do is when that time comes, if that time comes, we can't say for any percent certainty here, but this is just based on logic and, and history of what's happened before. But we have to be ready for that. Rick, I'm with you. Selection you is making me nervous, to be honest, hoping the crazy isn't too bad. Don't hold your breath. That's what I would say. Don't hold your breath and prepare for it. So we got, I got four categories here. We're gonna, this is gonna be a, a kind of a thought experiment for everybody out there for this weekend. And if you're busy this weekend, then do it next weekend or next week. But the point here is that we have to prepare for this in in uh, before summer comes because once summer comes, nobody's thinking about the stuff anymore. So the thought experiment is that if Bitcoin hit one million dollars in this cycle what would you do what would that look like from your perspective whatever amount of bitcoin you have right now if bitcoin were to hit one million dollars us this cycle what would that look like in your life so if you think about that you think about the bitcoin that you have how it's secured and that's kind of what we're going to talk through today and just just ask some questions and try to if we can solve some of the questions And it's gonna be up to you to do that. All I'm doing here is is posing the questions and maybe giving any sort of resources if possible. The more you go deeper into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you will never go back to Fiat. And that's something that, I do think that these next couple cycles, because there is such a, a shift happening in the world, and there's just so much awareness around what's happening. This awareness was not did never exist before. People are asking questions about our monetary system. They're asking questions about our election system, our schools. And you know, as as more and more people talk about this, that's how actual change happens. And as Rock Roll mentioned, once you see this, once you understand how our system works, how our monetary system works right now, and how corrupt it is, you can't unsee it. And so once you get to that point, that's when you start looking for options. And I think that there's a lot of people who have kind of veered towards the what people would have done 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And they just said, I'm, I'm done with the banks, but I'm, I'm gonna buy gold, I'm gonna buy silver. I'm going to buy a piece of land in El Salvador, and I'm going to move there." And I think at one point that kind of was the strategy for people. But now what they're missing is that we do have this asset, Bitcoin. And instead of going to war with our own government, instead of trying to fight our government, what we can do is just build networks and and focus on this new system. And find a sly and roundabout way to go around that old system. And so, he, here's a here's a a good point here. Miles in the chat, he said, "I won't be selling. I'm still buying," and that's fine. Everybody is going to have their own different strategy here of of how they're going to handle this this bull run here. But the the point, what I want to drive home is, what is it for you, and are you ready for it? So I got four things here. The first one is your exit plan, your security setup, being a resource for people in your network, and then some other considerations as well. So the first one is, and when I say exit strategy, I don't mean you're going to liquidate your Bitcoin. Some people might, it's not up to me to decide, but exit strategy, exit strategy in terms of, of your Bitcoin that you're holding right now, how much are you planning to sell of that? Do you have a percentage? Do you have a need for it? Are you going to pay down some of your debt? Are you going to fix the deck at your house that you've been putting off for a while? These are questions you have to, you have to actually run through. Um, just make sure you have a baseline though. And that's why I used 1 million Bitcoin. Because then you can kind of see how much purchasing power you would have with the amount of Bitcoin that you have. Otherwise, it's just too... Too hypothetical. And you know what? It might might not get to a million. Might not even come close to that. But the point is, is you have to be ready for whatever happens. It might go to a hundred million. Who knows? Definitely not me. And I don't pretend to. So ask yourself how much Bitcoin from what you have right now, are you wanting to sell if any? And from there you have to ask yourself, How are you selling that? Are you going to be going through a KYC exchange? Are you going to sell back the Bitcoin in the exact same way that you bought it? And go through all the tax implications of that? Are you going to sell some to your friends if they ask you? How are you planning on offloading this Bitcoin? And kind of along those lines is if people are are thinking about trading their altcoins for Bitcoin. and Just going back quickly to that comment in terms of this channel um, being underrated, I think that this is a really good opportunity for just something fun to do for this Friday. It's something I'm going to start doing. We're going to ask a question. Everybody after the show um, can leave a comment and I'm going to be, I forget what my plan was now. I think I'm going to send some some Bitcoin to a random person who comments on it. So, what I want this show to be every Friday, we're going to do that. But for this show, leave a comment with the first cryptocurrency that you owned. How did you get into to Bitcoin, into cryptocurrency? If it was Bitcoin, I think that you're a rarity. I think that most people started with a different cryptocurrency, and I did. I started with a crypto called Theta. And so. I still have some of it from the last cycle, and I'm, I've been trying to map out in my head how much of it I wanna sell, how I'm gonna swap that for Bitcoin, and what I'm gonna do with that. Am I gonna use it for some dollars? Am I gonna use it for some Bitcoin? What does that look like for me? And so you, you have to consider a bunch of different things here. If you are planning on selling some cryptocurrencies in exchange for Bitcoin, I want you to know a couple things. The first is that there's gonna be many people like you who are doing the exact same thing. I think last last bull run that we had, people were. Waiting for it to go up, all of a sudden it started coming down, and by that time it was too late. I think that there's going to be a whole new crop of people who are ready for it this time and they're ready to sell. But I think that there's going to be a lot more people and it's going to happen a lot more fast or a lot faster. So that's one aspect is is just. Be ready for it and you have to know what your setup is. If there's any cryptocurrencies that you're staking right now, you have to have them liquid enough that if, if it did run up in a day and you wanted to cash some of it out, you have to be ready for that. And you're not going to be able to do it when it's happening. From my experience, because Theta is one that you stake and you earn some rewards from it. so. Do not recommend that. Everything we've seen with FTX, but there is a 48-hour holding period on that. So if I wanted to turn around and sell some of that, I have to be prepared for it. Oh, I did not see this, Miles. Is this something new? He said, "Have you seen that Bull Bitcoin is requesting phone numbers for new users as limited accounts?" I did not see that. That's that's shitty. There are ways around it, though. I think that you can. You have to go a little bit further into it. I hope that this isn't the case. I, But I trust Miles for sure. But there is ways to get phone numbers that's not your phone number. You can just go buy a SIM card. And actually, Odell tweeted something about that yesterday. So on this note, this is this is why I love the live chat, honestly, because things like this happen. So on this note, I did see something on Noster. It was called Silent Link. And you can actually buy a SIM card that's not attached to you. You can pay for it with Bitcoin. So you swap that in. You use that phone number. And I believe that that will be, there's another one, SMS for sats. So there are roundabout ways to do this. That is shitty. That's more of a hurdle for people. And I don't love hearing that. Uh, but one thing I will say about Bull Bitcoin is that from my experience with them, I've had some really good conversations with the guys that work there. They are definitely Team Bitcoin. They've been around for a decade now. They are not, they're going to do everything that they can to not comply with the government from my perspective. And so that's shitty to hear, but I'm going to leave. I did save the link actually this morning for uh, Silent Link. And so I'm going to be, I'll put that in the description for people just to go check out. I haven't really d- dove too far into it myself, but I think that it'll be a good resource for, for people. And not only bull Bitcoin, but for people in the US who, if there's any exchanges that all you need is a phone number, that's a really good way to do it is is buy a, a new f- a SIM card um, with Bitcoin. And that's the, the, the way to do it. First was Litecoin. Litecoin's a good one. Oh, <laughs> Bitcoin was first, Litecoin second, got hacked and got robbed. On that note, sorry, I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit here, but that's okay, it's Friday. On that note, we, we, we see what the price is worth today in Bitcoin, we see what it was worth 10 years ago, like 100 bucks a Bitcoin. And probably, I'm sure when Rick started buying Litecoin, it was like a dollar. But you think about that and you say, oh, those those people were lucky. They, they, they're probably billionaires right now because of all the Bitcoin they had. But in reality, like if, if you actually bought Bitcoin 10 years ago and you still have that Bitcoin today, you didn't get hacked, you didn't spend it, you weren't tempted to go buy a Lamborghini. I think you're in a very small class of people. I think the majority of people who were buying Bitcoin ten years ago do not have that Bitcoin anymore. It was either lost, hacked, stolen, or blown on dumb shit. So we—that's kind of another part of this—is that we have to be ready for that because there's lots of people out there who are holding, you know, two or three hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin right now, and that's all they see—that it's only worth two, two or three hundred dollars. But as we've seen before, that that two or three hundred dollars can quickly turn into a significant amount and there's a ton of other people out there who are in the exact same spot and they're going to be looking for the exact same exits, the exact same security for it. And that's a that's a problem, I think, because you don't think about it like a fire. If you're in a at a concert and you smell fire, what are you going to do? Are you going to wait to see flames? Or are you going to start making your way to the exit? Because if you try to get out that exit door when everybody else is doing the exact same thing, it's much harder. But if, if you can go out there, if, as soon as you smell smoke, you leave, you're going to have a very easy and clear exit out of there. And I feel like people wait until they can see the flames and they can feel the heat before they actually start moving towards the exits. And by that time, it's too late. So something to consider there, and just going back to this SMS for Sats. Thanks for the comment there, and uh, Silent Link. I'll put I'll put both these maybe in the description below. <clears throat> okay, where the heck were we here? <laughs> where the hell were we? Uh, cryptos, yeah. So the fir- the first part of that is that there's going to be many other people doing the exact same thing. And I just feel like it's going to happen much faster up and down. So make sure that if, if that's your strategy, if that's what you're going with, be ready for that. And I also think that there's a lot of people who are holding on to their cryptocurrencies, like Ethereum, like Dogecoin, Polkadot. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are holding on to these altcoins, waiting for the price to get up to where they bought it at. And they're not even considering the fact that everything, including cryptocurrencies, are falling in comparison to Bitcoin. So I think it's a losing game if you're going to try to wait and time the market and sell there. I would strongly suggest, and you can you can try to sue me if you want here. I don't think you'd win and I don't think you'd win much. <laughs> but what I would do is make this a priority. Flip whatever altcoins you have for Bitcoin and don't don't wait to do it. Because just just think through that whole process there. It's going to be a nightmare to do. Everybody's going to be doing it at the exact same time. It's going to go up. It's going to go down very fast. And if you can time that, I think you're going to be in a very small percentage of people who do that. But the other part is everybody else is doing that and they're going to be flipping those proceeds into Bitcoin. And when everybody's doing that, what's going to happen to the price of Bitcoin? It's going to keep going up and up and up. And so... Forget about trying to break even with your fiat, how you got into it. Take advantage of this little lull that we're in right now before what's coming and just flip it for Bitcoin right now. Because it doesn't matter what you're trading it for in terms of dollars. If you're gonna be trading it for dollars, I mean, it's still something that I would rather put in Bitcoin right now than anything else. I think it's just gonna be an absolute massacre for people Trying to do the same thing at the same time. We got a, we got a few people here. Bitcoin was first. Alts looked exciting. Yes, people are going to be tempted to get into the alts because it's, they turn from $0.001 to $0.005. But I just don't, that's such a, I don't know. I said what I had to. So that's the exit strategy. Think about how much you're going to sell, how you're going to do it and if you can get ahead of it start start swapping the casino coins for bitcoin get ahead of it the next consideration here is your security process a lot of people get into bitcoin they buy the bitcoin they move it to their cold storage and they think that they're done and then when the time comes where they actually have to try to restore it or track that down, they either forget where they put it or they overcomplicated things and they lose everything. Not because they did something wrong, but because they, they let too much time in between the setup and the review of that security process. So take a really good hard look at what your security process is this weekend. just make sure that it's crystal clear, that you know exactly where it is. It's it's written down well, it's legible. And also think about what kind of devices are you holding it on? What Bitcoin wallets are you storing it in? And if it's something that you just kinda bought and did, because that's a YouTube video that you watched and they told you to do that, you have to be verifying this. Is that wallet secure? Is there a chance that somewhere along the way, somebody out there got access to your keys and they're just waiting for you to continue feeding that wallet. And then when the time comes when it runs up high enough and you have enough Bitcoin in there, they're just gonna sweep it. Because even though you might log into your wallet and see that you have a balance there today, there might be other eyes there that you're unaware of, which is very scary to think about, but they could just be waiting for you to to keep funding it and one day they're just going to decide to sweep it. So take a look at it. Take a look at what kind of devices you're using. Think about what kind of other devices that has touched. If it's a laptop that you use for your day-to-day life, your Amazon, your Facebook, your Pornhub, think about that because if that's if that device has touched that laptop there's a, there is a chance that a weak a weak point in that connection exposed your bitcoin to somebody and you might not even know about it so think about where your bitcoin's been how it's been stored and where that device has been and if if you feel at all uneasy about that i think that it, it's probably worth the investment to upgrade that It is. It's truly terrifying. There's absolutely nothing that you can do about it unless you just set up a brand new, fresh wallet, whether that's a cold card or whatever. I highly suggest cold card. I don't think that you should be messing around with anything else. But that's the best thing that you could do right now is just get ahead of it. Get yourself a cold card, figure out how to use it. There's lots of resources. I can help you with it if you need. But just send the Bitcoin from your wallet, get ahead of them, sweep it before they can. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is a high likelihood. I'm sure that 100% of people watching this show, this is not the case for them, but you just never know. And so if you feel it all in your gut, that there's a chance that this wallet might have been exposed somewhere along the lines, then just get ahead of it. Because could you imagine the feeling of thinking that you have half a Bitcoin in this wallet and all of a sudden it runs up to a million bucks and you're sitting on $500,000 and then they decide that they wanna sweep that wallet? Could you imagine a worse feeling than that? So think about what kind of wallets you're using too. There are some pretty sketchy ones out there. Think about the, the phone that you're holding it on. What kind of security do you have on that phone? Is it possible that somebody could phone your company your phone company and say i lost my phone i need a new sim card they send it to you and all of a sudden it's a SW- it's a sim swap it's called so if somebody phoned into your phone company and said that they lost your phone they need access to whatever it is if you don't have a good security process in place for that that is a very high likelihood of them taking any bitcoin that are on your phone scary to think about but what you can do for that is just phone your phone your phone Phone your phone company and say, what kind of security process do I have on this? If somebody were to try to impersonate me, what could they do? And you could even try it yourself. Just phone them and say, hey, I lost my phone or I'd like to make this change to my account. Wait for them to ask you, you know, is there any security process there? Is there a pin code, a password or anything like that that can prevent somebody else out there from doing that? Yeah, Rick in the chat says, the day I lost my crypto, I will never forget. No doubt, and I can imagine, I'm sure you don't like thinking about what it's worth now, but the best thing you can do is just get ahead of it. And he said it was right out of the Exodus wallet. I wonder how that happened, Rick. Do you have any idea, if you don't mind sharing? Because I I use Exodus for a couple things, but it does seem like they're pretty secure. I'm just on on the side of it might seem secure today, You might open up your Exodus wallet today and your balance is there, but you have no idea who else has access to that right now. Because there's no way of them saying, did you open up this wallet from this IP address? They don't do that. So you have no idea who's watching that. And if it's connected to your phone, if it's connected to your old wallet, I think that the likelihood is very low, but it's not zero. So that's the security aspect of it. Um, In terms of being a resource for people. So Exodus used used to send a recovery email to you. Oh, I see. So the email got hacked. I gotcha. Yeah. So Exodus does not track your email anymore. If you download an Exodus wallet, they don't ask for any info. So if you ever get an email from Exodus or Coinbase, or any any treasure it's somebody just trying to steal your Bitcoin okay 40 minutes already holy cow okay last I think we'll do this as the last one but you as a resource so as the price of Bitcoin when this bull run happens expect a lot of people from your network to be reaching out to you if you've kind of made yourself the Bitcoin guy from your group, you've, t- you've probably taken a lot of shit through the years for one, because Bitcoiners, <laughs> Bitcoiners are, the life of a Bitcoiner is about 95% of the time you're being called a dummy. And then 5% of the time you're being called a genius and lucky. So it's not, it's not an ideal life for sure, <laughs> especially when you're like an early adopter like this like you are, Uh, but there's gonna be people reaching out to you and they're gonna be looking for information. They're gonna be looking for some wisdom and some knowledge. And so you kind of have to be prepared for that because it might be, depending on how public you are with it and how big your network is, it could be a little bit overwhelming. And I wanna, I'm gonna highlight this comment, I'm gonna come back to this, but in terms of being a resource for people, I think it's much more than just knowing where to send them. That is an important part. And what I would suggest is thinking about it, thinking about the resources that you use, what helped you get to where you are today? Whether it was a documentary, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube channel, just come up with like five or 10 resources that you can just have readily available. So you're not scrambling to try to put this together every time somebody asks you. For some advice on Bitcoin. So that's one part of it. But you also have to be ready to explain it to them if you want to. And there's I think that there's a lot of people out there who hold Bitcoin, but that don't truly that can't explain it to somebody who's brand new to it. And this perfect example of this is I had a meeting with a a couple guys yesterday. Uh, some some cool things in development for sure. But one of the questions he asked was, if somebody asks you what is Bitcoin, what do you tell them? And I, and I thought about that myself. And it, it is a pretty hard question to answer. And I think that the more that you can kind of think about this and be ready for it when that time comes, because if, if you hum and haw about it and go, um, uh, you're probably going to lose some sort of credibility with them and that's not really what you want because then they're going to start going to different resources and not that you really want to control what they do, but you would just want to be as as beneficial as possible to them. So think about that what is Bitcoin to you? if you were to try to explain Bitcoin in a minute to somebody, what would you say? It's a tough question to answer and i I honestly had a hard time answering it myself and and think about other things in terms of where where is the bitcoin stored who holds the bitcoin and you know when you're going through the different channels the different podcasts you're talking about the technical aspects of bitcoin the mining but some questions like this that you have to be ready to explain to people if they ask you because if you don't have a good answer a good answer for that you're either going to confuse them or you're going to turn them off because if, if you're somebody who is in Bitcoin and invested in it and investing so much of your time and energy into it and you can't even answer that simple question, then that's probably going to be a little bit worrisome to them. I think. So ask yourself a couple questions like that. What is Bitcoin? Where does Bitcoin live? Who Who decides where the Bitcoin is held? How do you think about those things? and think about it in a in a deep fashion and maybe write it down maybe i th- i find that writing things down helps me more to understand if you're just thinking about random things in your head you never really process it but if you can write it down and what is the most important aspect of bitcoin to you because every and you kind of have to tailor this to whoever you're you're talking to because every everybody sees Bitcoin through a different lens. And so you kind of have to have your answer of what is the most important part of Bitcoin to you. But you also have to be ready for to know where they're coming from. You have to meet them where they are. And you probably hear that a lot, but it's the, it's the truth. Because if you start going on and on about Bitcoin, about the the humanity aspect of bitcoin and how everybody can access it it's like people in canada don't really give a shit about that they don't but if you talk about you know the guy works at uh an oil rig and you talk to him about how bitcoin could actually bitcoin mining could actually capture the methane gas and convert it directly into a currency and how that could impact their their business that's a totally different conversation or if they're a business owner and they're tired of paying two or three percent transaction fees to Visa every year, then that then you explain it to the Lightning Network where there is no fees. I mean, it's very minimal fees, but you can completely get around that and you can get around the, the chargebacks too. There's no chargebacks in Bitcoin because once it's on the layer one network, you can never go back and change that. And chargebacks is a big problem with businesses right now, especially with online businesses. And so if you can explain that to a business owner in terms of the fees and the getting rid of chargebacks, that's a totally different conversation as opposed to telling them that somebody in Africa now has access to the financial system. Bitcoin in one word, unconfiscatable. If you do it right. If you set yourself up properly for it. And part of that is the non-KYC part, the government is going to be looking for the easiest way to get your Bitcoin, and that is going to be through the exchanges. If you're holding your Bitcoin on the exchanges or it's tracked to your exchange, that's going to be the easiest for them to grab. So I think that's kind of where I wanted to go with that. I believe Uh, one other thing to consider if, if you are somebody who's just getting into Bitcoin and this is a new, your first cycle, you have to kind of think about your own strategy and your persona. Do you want to be public about it or do you want to be private about it? Do you want people coming to you for help or would you rather just be kind of in the weeds and doing everything on your own? Because for myself, I mean, I'm fairly public about it. I have been for years now. And so I've kind of already shot myself in the foot for that. But if you don't have a YouTube channel, if you don't have a a business around Bitcoin, you know, it might be better to just remain completely private with it and tell your friends, tell your family if you want to. But you probably don't need to be shouting it on, on social media. I just don't think that there's any need for that. And I know it's going to be hard to do when Bitcoin... Say it hits a million bucks, and you have some Bitcoin. You're going to be want. You're going to want to tell as many people as you can that you were right about this. But you know, there's just that road leads to some bad paths. I feel like, and there's really no benefit for you to do that. So, something to consider. That's just what this conversation is about. Just things to consider. And you know, for me as a fa- fairly public in terms of just my linkedin my twitter account i'm fairly public about owning bitcoin and so i i have prepared for that i the majority of my bitcoin keys are not held at this house some of it is obviously the bitcoin on my phone but i just don't want it to you want to you want to have as much friction between you and the bitcoin as possible especially if you are a little bit more public about it so if somebody was to break into my house and torture me they might be able to get it but I'm not going to make it easy for them there's no way that somebody could break into my house and steal my private keys just it doesn't make sense for me in a in a public setting to be able to do that or to to be in that position so it's the same kind of thing and I was talking about this yesterday as well but think of it like locking your door so if somebody comes to your house if somebody comes to your door and they want to break into it if they really want to do it they'll just kick in the door. If they really want to get into your house they'll just kick in the door. But if they you know if they can just get into it by turning the the knob they can do that. But some people might just go to the next house. So the idea here is that you just want you want to make as much friction as possible for people because if somebody really wants to do something They're going to find a way to do it but you just want to have some friction there a barrier some cushion to make it harder for them to do so that's kind of how i like to look at it in terms of privacy in terms of keeping your assets safe is just make sure that your door is locked don't make it easy for people and then other considerations kind of tying it back to just how anything could happen this year I would just say, be ready for anything because it's going to happen fast. There's going to be no warning for it. I mean, there is a bit of a buildup happening right now in the world and you can kind of feel it, but it's going to happen fast. And when that happens, you're not going to be ready for it. So just do some simple things, you know, have, get a flat of water and put it in your basement. Buy some meat, you know, go to the grocery store. Even if you have to sell some of your Bitcoin, take 200 bucks, Get some frozen meat, put it in the freezer, get some propane. Just be ready for things. And one thing I would say is that get in touch with your families. And, you know, you can call me a conspiracy guy. I've been called every word you can imagine in the last four years. So nothing affects me too much at this point. But just get in touch with your family and say, if if the power goes out, if the cell phone signal goes out this is where we meet because think about that as well if if this happens it's going to happen fast and think about how terrifying that would be if you were disconnected if you're in a different town a different city from your family what would you do just hide out and wait that wait for things to to possibly turn back on like i said this might not happen it doesn't matter That it's so you don't have to go out and you know buy a twenty thousand dollar generator to try to prepare for this, just do simple things like this that are free to do. And I just think that even if it doesn't happen, you'll sleep a lot better knowing this. Sorry, I'm missing some chats here, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but one day we might all be in hiding. I think about that a lot, not hiding, and sorry. Too many comments here that I wanna discuss, but where was I going with that? With with this kind of conversation, people think the worst and you should prepare for the worst, but I do think that Bitcoin is a way that we can actually, you have to think about Bitcoin in a functioning society. I don't think it's gonna be like a small percentage of the population that's using Bitcoin and trying to hide from the rest of people. I think that as this whole thing evolves, this is going to be something that people use and it is going to be such a um, an amazing asset and, and benefit to the world that I don't think that's going to be necessary. I don't think we're going to have issues with that. I think that Bitcoin will succeed in a functioning society. That's that's what this whole thing is for. This isn't about buying gold and, and buying guns and all that kind of stuff. Those are good to have, but we want to, we want to be optimistic about this. And that is one thing about being in the Bitcoin community is that Bitcoiners are very optimistic about what's happening. We're ready for things. We're ready for any false flag attempts or whatever people call them. You gotta be ready for it, but you're expecting the best. And I do think that Bitcoin is gonna be the best asset in a functioning society. And the more you can be prepared for that, the better off you're gonna be. The most organized always win. Bingo, great way to end the show. (laughs) <laughs> good uh, good comment here from Rick. Just heard a story of a guy who got attacked in his garage, demanded money. He told them it was inside the house. He failed to tell them about the two big pitfalls waiting for him inside the house. Get some dogs. Get a couple dogs. Get some lead. Get some water and some meat. And just be prepared for it. Worst case... You spend $200 on some meat and you just just eat it anyways, because probably in three or four months from now, that meat's gonna cost way more anyway. So you're actually just being smart about it. You're preparing and being smart about it. Okay, let's wrap things up here. It's been an hour, it's been a really good show. I I hope people get a lot of value out of this because they are just questions. There's not one size that fits all for everybody. One thing we can do is give the best possible resources for anybody out there who is getting into Bitcoin. But aside from that, you just have to do this kind of stuff on your own. You have to figure out your own strategy, your exit plan, partial exit plan. You have to look at your security process and see. Just think just think on it. Look at your, look at your security process. This is probably the most important part. And just think on it. Think, Listen to your gut. Is there a chance that somebody out there could have this private key? And your gut's usually right. That's what I'll say. Another great Bitcoin morning show. Have an awesome weekend, everybody. And get a dog, name him Satoshi. (laughs) I tried that, actually. Didn't fly. But we are in the market for a dog here, or five dogs. We got some space out here, so we're going to get some dogs. And I wouldn't mind calling him Satoshi or Bitcoin, but I just don't think it would fly in the house. So anyways, it's Friday. I hope you have... Actually, I'm not going to wind down quite yet. Let's talk about the weekend next week. I said yesterday that we are going to do a show about Tiger Woods on here. And I had a dream last week in Mexico about Tiger Woods. And so I started writing down some stuff. And I want to do a show specifically on that. I just wasn't quite ready for it yet. And I want it to be presented well. Because I think it's going to be a cool conversation. So we're going to do that next week. And if you do have any questions about... For, the ne- for next week's QA, make sure to start sending those in now. If today triggered anything in your mind, you want to get ahead of it, you can send it to 88sats at proton.me. What else? If you're in Canada and you're looking for a way to buy Bitcoin without your government knowing about it, make sure to use Bull Bitcoin. There's a link down below that is the best way to do it. Even, even if you have to, Buy a phone now and or a, a new SIM and do it. I still think that that is the way to do it. Also look into BISC. Hodl, hodl. Best ways to do it. And that's it. I hope everybody has the best Friday of your entire life today. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you right back here first thing on Monday morning. Bye-bye.